For me, that's why the education is such a huge angle, is I want to help others who may be in the position that I was when I started with Expression Engine. And I really want to get that content material out there. From Bright Umbrella, this is Control ClickCast. We inspect the web for you. Today, we're talking to TJ Draper about the new Expression Engine Community Association. I'm your host, Leah Alcantara, and I'm joined by my fab co-host, Emily Lewis. Today's episode is sponsored by EE Harbor, the largest third-party add-on developer for Expression Engine. Whether you're upgrading an old site or building a new one, EE Harbor's add-ons make your life easier and your development faster. Need help upgrading your site? EE Harbor offers upgrade services for individuals and agencies. Visit eeharbor.com to learn more. Today, we're going to learn about the newly formed Expression Engine Community Association from board member TJ Draper. In addition to serving as president for EECA, TJ runs his own business, Buzzing Pixel, where he makes cool things for the web. Welcome to the show, TJ. It's great to be here. Thank you. Can you tell our listeners a bit more about yourself? Oh, let's see a bit about me. I live uh, in the Nashville area in Tennessee uh, with my wife and four kids and our one cat. And um, I develop websites. I mean, that's pretty much what I do all day long. And, and when I do something that's not watching TV, I'm developing websites. So I don't even have any other <laughs> hobbies. <laughs> that's a little like meme. <laughs> How did you get started working on the web in the first place, TJ? Oh, boy. Well, so back around 2006, I was working at a small film company. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And I was working at a small film company and they've had a website developed to sell the small films. You know, it was a very independent operation. And then that was it. The developer went away and somebody had to take care of the website. And it was built on Expression Engine 1. And uh, I had no idea what this thing was. I barely even knew what WordPress was. And it fell to me. I was the, I was kind of the, wear all the hats in the company. And uh, boy, I, I got thrown into that fire. It was an e-commerce site. And uh, yeah, it was crazy. So let's turn our focus to this new Expression Engine Community Association. It was announced at EECOMF last year. What is it? What are the goals? What are the goals? Well, I mean, we all love and use Expression Engine, right? And uh, mm -hmm. you just heard my story about how I got into Expression Engine trial by fire. And uh, we've been through various iterations of the community. And, you know, I think the community went through a rough patch a few years ago. And what's left is kind of the... I don't want to say sifting of the chaff because I still have many friends who left the EE community who are good friends, but there's been a sifting of the community, so to speak. And, and so the ECA and its goals really are to foster community in this, whatever this new iteration of community looks like. And it, and it happened to coincide with the open source release of Expression Engine. And I think there's a great opportunity there for the community to grow. And so the goals are kind of to foster community, to put on events like the Expression Engine conference and to uh, foster learning. So with those lofty goals, how does your organization plan to achieve these goals? <laughs> well, make no mistake, we're still in the very early stages and things don't move quite as quickly as we would all like. Uh, trust me, I'm right there with the rest of the community going, what's what's happening? What's going on? I mean, we're, we're figuring out what that looks like because we all have day jobs, right? And we're all trying to uh, feed our families and put food on the table in, a, in addition to this, uh, this work of love of working with the EECA. So obviously one of the big staples, I mean, this is kind of how the EECA got started, 
is with the Expression Engine Conference. And um, I've been involved with it for two years now. This will be the third year, and I've loved every minute of it. And that's my favorite part of what the EECA is currently doing. You know, so that's one of the big ways that we're accomplishing the goal. And I, you know, we've been talking a little bit with Ellis Lab about how that will develop and, and move forward and and that sort of thing. So that's obviously a big staple. But uh, additionally, I mean, we're looking at education in what forms it's going to take, you know, whether it's uh, webinars or pre-recorded online courses or that sort of thing. We're still, you know, figuring out what that looks like. And is that something that the board is open to community input from in terms of what that form should be, like, for example, the education? Absolutely. 100%. In fact, there is the board and there's, I believe, seven of us right now on the board. But then we We've also already started bringing in whether whether we've had people ask or we've actually asked someone to come and and be a part of shaping this particular aspect of what we're doing. And I know that's definitely happening in the education area of what we're doing. So if someone was interested in kind of giving you their feedback, how would they do that right now? Well, you know, we're still forming the organization, like in, in terms of the uh, the assets that the organization has, like emails and things like that. So we're all still emailing each other on our personal emails. So I would say right now that Slack is probably the best way, the Expression Engine Slack. And that's where I communicate with most people in the community. And that's that's really over the last couple of years, we've really seen the community form on Slack. Like that's where everybody's at. So that's right now, that's probably the best way is to reach out to one of us. Most of us have uh, EECA in parentheses by our names. uh, So we're fairly easy to find on Slack. Okay. We'll make sure to include a link to that in our show notes. You know, you were talking a little bit about how the community has evolved through the years. And, you know, I think anyone who's been working with Expression Engine for a long time remembers some of those periods where the community felt disconnected from the software maker and the software maybe uncertain about the future. So you mentioned that this coincided with open source, the announcement about EE going open source. What has been, what is the goal for EECA to sort of bring these, this potentially new open source seeking community with an older community with also a community that, you know, maybe feels, you know, they're not sure where things are going. Yeah. I'm not quite sure what you're looking for, or how to answer that question. It's, you know, community is sort of a, it's almost an amorphous nebulous thing. Like it, it, it evolves and it develops over time and people come and people go. So I, I'm not quite sure how to get at the, the heart of what you're asking. I guess I'm just wondering, there's like a lot of different aspects to the EE community, especially now that open source is a factor. And I'm just wondering how those sort of different aspects will all kind of come under this EECA, or if that's the goal even. I don't even know that that's the goal as much as it is just to have something for the community to rally around. And certainly, I think uh, all of us that are on the board, certainly, and, and, and several who are involved who are not on the board, we have good relationships with the folks at Ellis Lab. I'm I'm fairly good online friends with Derek, and I see him in person at least once a year at the conference. Um, and so I know that uh, I have his ear, and and I think as a community, as as the association grows, we will definitely have influence and have you know the the ear of the software makers, and they've been nothing but supportive of that effort. So I'm curious then, like what is the relationship, if there's a formal relationship between Ellis Lab and ECA, like how closely are the two tied together, if at all? I wouldn't use the words tied together because we are separate entities, separate organizations, but we met with Derek and uh, Robin, and I think I, Kevin may have been in that conversation. I don't remember for sure. It may have just been Derek and and Robin, but we met with them as we were forming the EECA going, hey, we don't want to step on any toes, but we're really excited about you know the direction of things that are going and, and express 
expression engine and, you know, we love you guys. And so are you okay with what we're doing here? And we kind of laid out at least at that time what our vision and goals were. And uh, they loved it. They thought it was great. And then, of course, that was before we knew open source was happening. And so I talked to Derek after open source came about at the conference. And he's like, yeah, you see why we were all already so excited about you forming this association is because, you know, the community rallying around this open source software is going to be great for everybody. So I know that they're not formally tied together, but it, does Ellis Lab have a representative on the board or someone who's working with EECA so that they are part of it? That is actually something that we've talked about. I don't think they would be on the board. They would be more of an advisory board. We've talked about it. We're still working on the forming documents of how EECA is organized. Um, and that has not been presented yet. Our One of our board members is uh, working on that. So we'll, we'll see how that pans out. But we've definitely talked about it. And I think that'd be really good for them to be on the advisory board, you know, to have influence there. And would there be like, maybe not a reverse of that, but does EECA is, is one of the things you're considering doing is keeping Ellis Lab informed about what you're hearing from community members? Yes, definitely. Absolutely. That's one of the early things we talked about is like, is there a way for us to keep a pulse on the community as we form this association that maybe Ellis Lab doesn't quite have or, or you know, because they're the software makers and people don't feel as open to talk to them. And maybe there's a way we can not speak for the community. Obviously, every person has their own voice, but kind of bring a unified, this is the consensus we're seeing. What do you guys think about this? So that's something that was kind of already in your minds. You just haven't figured out what form it might take. That's correct. And like I said, this is still very early days for mm-hmm. EECA. Uh, so we're figuring out exactly what it looks like. So this is sort of a weird question, but is there any kind of limits to how EECA represents the community? Can you say something negative about Expression Engine? Or has Ellis Lab said, you know, we're behind this, but we want to make sure that our software is represented positively? The association and I myself have never been put under any stipulations of what we may or may not say about Ellis Lab or Expression Engine. That has never been a conversation that has happened. I am a multi-CMS user. I don't just use Expression Engine. There are other systems out there. Sometimes I build greenfield projects that entirely are not, that are without CMS. Um, mm-hmm. And so I have stepped on, you know, dangerous territory a couple of times by accident where I would, I, something came up uh, about software that I was using that wasn't the Expression Engine and it was fine. You know, it was totally fine. And Derek just laughed at me and said, hi, but, you know, Expression Engine could do this and that. So we, we had a fun time with that. But I've never, never felt uh, any stipulations about what I may or may not say. I'm, obviously, I'm not a representative of Ellis Lab and we have no formal relationship other than we're all friendly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, n- none of that stipulation has ever happened. And then that being said, I've learned over the years, it's best to build bridges and not burn them down. I've learned that very painfully. I, When I was younger, I think most of us go through this phase on the internet when we're younger where we're... Uh, we're very opinionated, and uh, we we tell people those opinions in ways that are not very conducive to conversation and may, in fact, lose us friends. And I've learned mm-hmm. many years ago to stop doing that, and I still fail. But So, I, you know, I don't know if that answers your question exactly, but that's kind of where I'm at. That sort of seems to me like a good reason to create a community association is to, like, foster that positive conversation and positive connections. But I'm really curious if there is like the phrase like building community is kind of a general phrase. Mm -hmm. Is there something more specific that you guys as a collective want for the community? Obviously, getting everyone more educated, that's great. But like, why? What is the big why for all of this? 
Well, the why for me, and the reason I'm I'm super interested in education is uh, when I got into developing uh, that first website with Expression Engine, and even as I started my career in web development and just figuring stuff out with Expression Engine was extremely difficult. And I and I totally get this because I'm a developer and I I can't write good documentation. But like, and in fact, Expression Engine's documentation is way better than I could write for it. But like, the documentation sometimes didn't help me. And some of that's not even Expression Else Lab's fault as much as it is it's not the way. I learn. I learn by doing. And so if there's examples out there, if there's code I can paste and then manipulate and start figuring out like what that looks like. But that sort of thing just didn't exist very much back in the Expression Engine 1 days. And even into Expression Engine 2, there was a, a dearth of information. And, you know, we're dealing with a CMS that I, you know, I think Expression Engine is wonderful, but let's be honest, it has like one or two percent market share. Uh, so it's just not, you know, people just don't do like what they do with WordPress where they put all that information out there and you can Google and find half a dozen ways to do something that often doesn't exist for Expression Engine. And so for me, that's why the education is such a huge angle, is I want to help others who may be in the position that I was when I started with Expression Engine. And I really want to get that content and material out there. Yeah, I, it's interesting because I feel like with EE, the community support has always been there. I feel like the diehard EE devs that have been using it from the beginning have always been super helpful and available to offer their advice on what to do. And that in itself has sort of evolved. You know, the forums were huge for a while, and then Stack Exchange was really big for a while. And now kind of what EECA might do might become what's going to be the new standard for how we educate and share ideas about EE. Is this also because you want to see EE? EE grow. Obviously, you're supporting community with education, but you're also supporting the software itself. Absolutely, I would love to see Expression Engine grow. And any any uh, inroads we can make? What was it? one of the one of the other board members told me? Make sure you make plenty of WordPress jokes. <laughs> but any inroads that we can <laughs> that we can make into giving WordPress some good competition, and even just saying, look, WordPress is a fine tool for a blog, but like all this other stuff has been stapled on, and Expression Engine was built to do this stuff. You know, so any right. any any competition we can put in there to help Expression Engine grow and LS Lab grow, I, I see as a as a plus. You know, mm-hmm. I think all of us have had the experience of we're we're trying to bid on a job. This happens for me less frequently as I've moved into more custom, very custom stuff. But like in the early days when I was bidding on a job, you know, they said, well, it has to be built in WordPress because WordPress does all the SEOs, you know, and, and all that stuff. So it's like the more we can make inroads to say, you know what. WordPress is a fine alternative. There are developers out there who do that, but what we do is just as valid. I'm I am all for building that. And I guess it sounds like to me, you also feel like that's going to also support your business. Well, of course, obviously, I feel that way. I feel like I would do it regardless. But yes, that is certainly a benefit, I think, is as we see the validity of an expression engine community and an association that's formalized, and then you can point to that and you say to your client, look, look at this association that's come up around this open source Mm -hmm. community. Like, I see that as a huge net positive. So do you think that as part of the education component beyond just here's how you do XYZ in EE, would there be a component of education how to sell EE, especially since the board is made up of a lot of independent agency owners. Yeah, I think there's plenty of room for that. In fact, one of the, uh, and unfortunately, because I had to meet with somebody about some things, uh, organizing the conference and various things like that, I wasn't able to be in that talk. But uh, Lydia Chu gave a wonderful presentation on how to sell Expression Engine at Expression Engine Conference. And uh, I heard a lot of great things about that. And I think there's plenty of room for that sort of content within the ECA education arm. So... 
TJ, you mentioned that education is a, a personal passion of yours. Is that the primary driver of actually becoming the EECA president? Or are you already in your local community uh, an organizer? Is this a new role for you to do? This is a new role. I am the very typical introverted developer, and I, I know that it's good for me to get out in the community. And so I've tried in various ways to do that and to expand my my, you know, grow personally in that way. But becoming the president of an association is a new opportunity for me. Now, since then, I actually have started, I was handed the reins of a local uh, lunch meetup for general development, not Expression Engine. Mm. But um, so, and I mean, it's a small arm of what the PHP community in Nashville is doing, but it's like, hey, the guy who was organizing this has to move on. Would you like to do it? And so, so yes, but, but to get back to the original point, EECA, being the president of the EECA is a new opportunity for me. And uh, it's something that I'm learning uh, how to do. You know, Susan Snipes started the EECA, and I really, you know, you know, she did an amazing job. Uh, she did an amazing job with the conference in 2017, and that's where the EECA kind of grew out of. It's like, hey, we need a nonprofit to kind of do this, and maybe there's other things mm -hmm. we can do. And she became the first president of the EECA, and I'm very grateful for what she did. But then um, her career is moving in a different direction. And she was, after organizing two conferences in a row, she was pretty, you know, burned out, I, I believe is, is the correct thing to say there. Mm -hmm. And she she's really looking forward to attending just as an attendee this year. So she stepped down. She said, I, I just can't continue to do this with my new job and with everything else that's going on. And so somebody had to step up and I was the one that stepped up and they <laughs> I was elected to the board, so, you know, as the president. So here I am. So I'm a little bit curious. This isn't really 100% related to the EECA stuff, but... It's very ambitious, all the, the goals and things that you want to deal with. And of course, running an event is super difficult. Do you have any thoughts on how to avoid that type of burnout that Susan went through? Yes, I do. And again, we're still forming what the organization looks like, but I don't think that we should be the same people doing it all the time. I think that whatever mm -hmm. structure we have, it has to be a rotating thing where maybe next year I step down and I say, maybe not from being president, but I've been heavily involved with organizing the conference. And so I step back and I say, okay, I love organizing the conference. And I, I honestly, I didn't give it up this year. I'm still heavily involved in the conference because I love doing it, but I know me and I know that eventually there will come a point when I love it, I love it, I love it. Oh man, I hate this. I don't want to do it anymore. And so in mm -hmm. order to prevent that, I need to, I probably need to step back next year and let somebody else do it and watch from afar. And that's not to say I won't be involved again, but like we're still figuring out what that looks like. But I think that's a big component is preventing ourselves from burning out in just that way. So you mentioned there are, I think you said seven members on the board. I think that's where we're at right now. Yes. Don't quote me on that. Don't hold me to that. <laughs> What does the board do? Well, right now, as I keep alluding to, we're figuring out what the organization does and what it looks like. <laughs> That's what we're doing. We're uh, And of course, there's legal stuff. Like, who knew running a nonprofit organization required so much little details, right? And so we're, you know, we have a treasurer, we have a secretary, we have a president, and then we have, you know, people who head up committees figuring out what the organization looks like. And, you know, when you get ready to file your paperwork and you realize, oh, no, we can't file our, our nonprofit paperwork yet because we don't have X. And so it goes back to mm. the committee and we got to form... You know, you know, those documents and that sort of thing. So that's, that's really what we're focused on right now. And then there's, of course, you know, the organizers of the conference. So we're, a lot of us are doing that. Not every board member is organizing the conference, but a couple of us are. And then we brought on additional help from the community, you know, that we've picked and we've said, hey, we love what you do in the community. And we're sure you have something to add to what we do at the conference. So come be a part of this. And in terms of, I was on the, the website and in, you're still not 
quite accepting members yet. Do you have a timeline for when you're going to accept people to join the EECA? End of 2018. (laughs) 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 We have nothing to announce yet. Uh, We are working very hard on that. That is a top priority. That is a, trust me, that is a top priority. And so we can't tell you when, because like I just said, we just get things come up, you know, that it's like, we didn't expect that. We didn't expect that because we've never, none of us, well, I think a couple of us have been on nonprofits, but I've never done a nonprofit. And so you're like, oh, all these things, all these things. But yes, it's, it's coming very soon. We're working very hard on that. Do you have an idea of what membership looks like? Is it like a paid membership? Do you get certain benefits or their tiers or is that still not public? It will be, there will be membership tiers. There will be levels that you can pay because I can tell you that uh, running a conference and then all, doing all this education stuff is not cheap. And right. we, we definitely were scraping the bottom of the barrel uh, last year at the end of the conference. Um, and that's, I just don't know how people turn a profit with the conference yet. And I fully acknowledge that our conference is pretty small and we're hoping to grow it. So, yeah, there will be tears. And uh, at least that's the last thing we talked about in the last meeting. And uh, yeah. So I understand that you're obviously still kind of finalizing what those tiers are. But can you give a general idea of what the benefits of joining the community, becoming a member would be? I'm not ready to announce anything about that yet because we're still talking about okay. it heavily. Fair enough. Sorry. Fair enough. Sorry. Fair enough. We did have a listener question from Rob Allen that I, I do believe is related to this membership. Mm-hmm. Right now, it seems like the EECA is very U.S. centric. Is there any plans to expand to the rest of the world or address the perception it's U.S. centric or is it U.S. centric? Well, it, it by default, it is U.S. centric because um, all of us who have started the association are in the U.S. And like, so that's, that's kind of, it's kind of U.S. centric just by default. It's not something that we are holding it to the U.S. And in fact, I have many friends who are across the pond, as it were. And so we, you know, we definitely want to expand that reach. And I would say the best way to make that happen is to get involved, you know, Mm. advocate for what you, you know, what you want in the country you want. And uh, we do face some roadblocks and challenges just because all of us are in the U.S. and then traveling overseas or doing stuff overseas just becomes very expensive. So, you know, if we start getting people involved from uh, other countries, which I very much want to do, then it becomes, it starts to become easier to make that happen. In terms of What's coming up for this year? You guys are already organizing the Expression Engine Conference for 2019. Is there anything you can talk about that might be new or different that uh, from previous events? I think it's a little too early for that. We're still figuring out, uh, you know, obviously we have a list of notes of things that we've learned over time. Um, and a lot of that is just, you know, details and technical and nobody but us cares about. But, you know, we definitely want to make the conference the best it can be. And we want it to grow. Like there, you know, one thing that we did last year is we started cold calling uh, agencies and developers that we knew used Expression Engine just by, you know, snooping it out, looking at their websites and saying, oh, there's an Expression Engine cookie. That must be an Expression Engine site they built. And so mm. a lot of those that we called, it was a little too late for them to join the conference last year, but we're hoping they'll come this year. And they really had no idea. And I think outreach is a big thing that we're going to try to focus mm. on this year is they just they're like, oh, yeah, I've used expression engine for years. I had no idea there was a, like a community we could get involved in. And so, mm. you know, just awareness and visibility is something that we really want to try to focus on this year. Just to get back a little bit to Ellis Lab. So is there any plan to coordinate with them on that sort of outreach communication? Because obviously, 
as a business, as a commercial business, they want to get word out about their software. You know, is there any opportunity to collaborate on, you know, like a campaign with them or anything? Yeah, absolutely. I think there is. And and they already, you know, will send one or two emails about the conference out for us as they, you know, they did the last two years that we've been uh, organizing the conference and they've been very amenable to that. And, I, you know, going to the, back to the problem, I think the problem is a lot of people, those go into their bulk spam folders or they just, you know, it's an Alice Lab newsletter. That's great. I'll just delete it. You know, so, yes, they help to some extent, but whatever. Yeah, they, they've been very amenable to to helping us with that. And uh, that's that's wonderful. One thing that I noticed in the EEConf Twitter that's related to, I guess, the conference, you you guys have a golden ticket. Can you talk a little bit more about that and how that's going? Well, as I alluded to, putting on a conference is very expensive, and uh, we've had some challenging times. And so one of the ideas that we came up with to generate revenue a little earlier this year, uh, and really to just generate revenue in general to get the conference started, because it's a lot of the conference organizing is a chicken and an egg problem, where you're like, okay, we need to sign contracts, but we don't have money yet. And we don't have money until we sell tickets, but we can't sell tickets until we know where it's at. Like, you've got chicken and right. egg problems all over the place. So one of the ideas that we came up with was, well, let's see how many add-on developers we can get to donate to this golden ticket to sell at a certain price. And then we, you know, then the value of that ticket becomes much higher than the price. But because the add-on developers are donating these licenses, the money comes to us and then we get to put on the conference. So that was the idea behind the golden ticket. And, and, let me tell you, it's a huge value, you know, for the amount of money you're spending. You get to come to the conference and you get these add-ons. Like, it's an amazing value. Yeah, there's about 40 add-ons that's part of this golden ticket, including the actual two-day conference pass. Correct, yes. So I noticed that both the EECOMP site and the EECA website have mailing lists. So is that the best way for folks to... Stay tuned about what's coming as you guys finalize things. Absolutely. And uh, forgive me for not knowing the exact details. I do believe those are separate lists currently in uh, MailChimp. So you'll probably, if, I think I'm saying this right, if you subscribe to the Expression Engine Conference newsletter, you'll get much more conference-oriented news. And if you want more general information about the EECA, then subscribe on the EECA website. And it, it, we're still figuring out what that looks like because obviously we started as a conference and now we're figuring out how does the organization structure around the conference and that sort of thing. But that's currently the way it stands as far as I remember. Sounds good. So I'm curious now, I know that EECA is still in its infancy and you guys are still trying to figure it out. For our listeners who are excited about its potential and want to join or help support you guys, how can they get more involved? Like, what is the first step? Well, definitely reach out and let us know you're interested. Like, if you want to be involved in the community, and whatever that looks like, we're still figuring out. But, you know, if you want to be involved in educating people, or you want to be involved in various aspects of the EECA, definitely reach out. Like, I don't know that we're able to accept more volunteers right now until we figure out what the structure is, but we, you will become part of a list, and we will definitely figure out how to incorporate that. We've already got folks on the education committee. Uh, I think I mentioned this, but I don't remember for sure. We've got folks on the education committee who are either we reached out to them or they reached out to us. And uh, there will be many more opportunities like that as we grow out of our onesies, you know, as, as an infant. So <laughs> so what's the best way to contact you guys? What's the best way to reach out? I think Slack right now is the best way. Just, you know, ping us in the expression engine Slack and say, hey, I want to be involved in the EECA. Let me know when opportunities become available. Sounds good. All right. So... That's all the time we have for today. But before we finish up, we've got our rapid fire 10 questions so our listeners can get to know you a bit better. 
Are you ready, TJ? Oh, I'm nervous, but I think so. (laughs) Uh, This is fun. First question. Would you rather travel to the future or the past? Um, future. What's the scariest thing you've ever done? Uh, leave the agency I was at a couple years ago to go independent. Mm. Very scary. Who was your childhood celebrity crush? Ooh, this may be a little embarrassing. Uh, you know, I'm, <laughs> aren't they always? Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go with Megan Follows, Anna Green Gables. Oh, I love her. She's amazing. I love her. Yes. yes. What's one of your pet peeves? Oh, websites that ask to send notifications that have no reason to. I use <laughs> mm-hmm. notifications all the time for Gmail and stuff, but like news sites, no, never. Don't ask me that. Or maybe carousels. Maybe I should go with carousels on websites when clients want carousels. What was your first website? The first website I worked on? Sure. Franklinfilms.com. It's, it no longer exists. What is your favorite time of day? Oh, this is so cliche, but evening supper with my family. Aww. What is your favorite place? My wife and I recently, last year, took a trip to New York City for our anniversary, and I love that city so much. Mm. I'm going to go with that. Love it, too. What's your favorite emoji? My favorite? I use thumbs up a lot, but I'm going to have to go with the, uh, in Slack, it's colon joy, the crying emoji face that's laughing. Yeah, Yeah. laughing. Yes. Yeah, cool. What's your favorite charity? You know, uh, when I was at the small film company, I had a chance to do a little bit of work with uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman on Shohanna's Hope. Uh, It's an adoption ministry, and so I'm going to go with that. All right, last question. Sweet or savory? They are both so good, but I think think (laughs) sweet has a slight edge. Very cool. So that's all the time we have. Thanks for joining the show, TJ. Thank you so much for having me. In case our listeners want to follow up with you, where can they find you online? Well, I sell Expression Engine and Craft add-ons on buzzingpixel.com. That's probably the best place to find my work. It's really the only place right now, other than, of course, the ECA. Great. And we'll make sure to have links to the EECA site and the EE conference site in our show notes. Thank you so much for sharing some more details about the new community organization. I'm really excited to see how it goes. Oh, me too. You are quite welcome. I was so glad to to be able to join you. Control Click is produced by Bright Umbrella, a web services agency obsessed with happy clients. Today's episode would not be possible without the support of our sponsor. Many thanks to EE Harbor, as well as our hosting partner, Arcus Tech. If you want to know more about Control Click, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ControlClickCast or visit our website, ControlClickCast.com. And if you liked this episode, become a patron so we can create more content you love. Visit Patreon.com slash ControlClickCast for more info. We can also use your reviews on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts or both. Links are in our show notes. Don't forget to tune in to our next episode. We'll be talking with Carrie Hayne about content strategy. Be sure to check out controlclickcast.com slash upcoming for more topics. This is Leah Alcantara and Emily Lewis signing off for Control Clickcast. See you next time. Cheers. <laughs>